What's going on, family and friends? Welcome to Random Number 95. That's right, Roomies in Movies Number 95. I'm Ox. That's Luke over there. And we're going to tell you about some of the latest and greatest stuff you should be watching or maybe even avoid uh, for this week. Uh, for the best and worst list, we did Saving Private Ryan in Blood Rain. Um, Battlestar Galactica, of course, Season 3 on to Episodes 6 through 10. So we are halfway through that season. We got 15 episodes left, or what's that? 30 episodes left? Yeah, that's right. Wow. Uh, and then we watched Pet Cemetery and Shazam theatrically. Uh, did you get Unicorn Store watched? Huh? Did you watch the Unicorn Store? Yes. Did you watch Twilight Zone? Yes. Deadly Class. No, your DirecTV password fell out of my system. Oh, you fool. Uh, so you didn't get what we do in the shadows as well? No, nope, I pulled it up and just like, enter your password. And I was like, it was in there. Now it's not. <laughs> I'm done with this. No worries. I'll get back to you. So uh, what do you think of Twilight Zone then? It's really bad. Ooh, you didn't like that first episode? No, that episode was really bad. Huh. I actually really enjoyed it. And it's really it's really odd. Like, you know, I haven't heard anybody like think it was alright. It's either they really hated it or they really enjoyed it. What did you hate yeah. about it? Everything. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna get away with that. You gotta express It's, it's like uh it's like a a, a a five minute skit that stretched out to an hour. Like it just kept going and going. And as it goes further and further, I don't feel it reveals anything else about the characters. Like the idea and the twist and the whole conceit of the story is told in the first 10 minutes. And then it just keeps going for another 45. Yeah. I, that is perfect. Uh, description of it uh i guess i just uh got involved with it and it was like because i've been watching a few uh documentaries on like comedians and like their rise through the ranks and stuff like that so like this was kind of a little bit more intriguing to me uh but yeah it was it was kind of played out and i, I even when i went to load it i was like this is an hour show like fuck me because weren't the old ones only half hours? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's fine if your story needs an hour to tell, but it yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah. I guess I It just know. repeatedly, it just keeps going and going of, like, and, like, the basic concept I don't think makes any sense. I, I couldn't feel the rules on, like, how you could make people disappear, why you couldn't just make, you know, like... I didn't get why it worked on some people but not others. And Who didn't it work on? Wasn't there a couple times he tried doing it and it wasn't working? Like the audience just stared at him deadly and then he's like, oh, here's someone else. Now here's someone else. Um, I think he didn't have a connection to them, so, so, certain people. Like he was like trying... Uh, Oh yeah, because there's that point when on, like on like murderers and stuff, like trying to get them, but like he had no connection to them. So yeah, but like what? There's there's that point when he's just like, you know, why when he goes after Trump, like mm-hmm. it might not be a personal connection, but he's, you saw a connection to the person who's running the country you live in. Yeah, yeah. I get the point when like when there's that point where he's like, oh, I met a murderer you know, the mm-hmm. white supremacist on the bus and they didn't work for him because sure, maybe he doesn't have a personal connection to that person, but like the president and especially someone who is uh, like Kumail, you know, a minority, not a white man, you know, like there's a connection to what Trump's doing against people like him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying. Um, looking back, I don't think I really enjoyed that episode as much as I thought. <laughs> Um, I did. It's weird how they kind of shoehorn Jordan Peele in. I don't like, think he works the same way that Rod Sterling did in the original. 
Oh, did he? Because I thought he was, like, removed from the whole... Like, it felt like they had recorded everything, and then, like, he just did an intro outro for it. Yeah, I mean, the only difference is, like, you know, like, that was always the thing. Like, Sterling introduced the story and then came at the end was like, here's the themes, everybody. Did you get it? Cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think there's three... Ev- or, no, I think the whole thing's up on the streaming service, isn't it? No, they're doing it weekly. Oh, cunts. Um, so, yeah, I guess check that out if it sounds appealing, but, yeah. But it's one of those things, like, you know, like, not everything's gonna hit, so I can't dismiss the series as a whole. I can just say that I didn't like that first episode. And I think they did it really smart to uh, launch this when Jordan's kind of right on fire right now with us and everything else he's doing right now. So I think they were smart to wait for us to release and see that it get that critical acclaim and then um, jump on it. But I mean, I'm sure this was planned out for a year or so better. So Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, Did you watch anything else this last week? Besides what I don't think so. I don't know. I can't keep track of everything anymore. That's fair. It's reasonable. Um, so let's just jump right into, uh, or I guess we won't watch WrestleMania, but we were already talking about that. Um, Batista's back into wrestling, and that's fun. Well, he was. He retired. What? Yeah, he tweeted like right after. He's just like, well, that was my last match ever, guys. See you later. Oh, that's lame. I thought they were definitely going to run the grudge match out a little bit more. So that's lame. So I guess I don't have to worry about wrestling again for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's jump into best worst then. Um, Let's start with worst. And what do you think of Blood Rain? I'm more curious about what you thought, because this seems like a movie you would love. Uh, I was shocked to see that there's three of them. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hate it. I it's just a kind of knockoff underworld. It doesn't seem like See? as bad as the other movies that we've seen lately. What? It's it's really bad, man. I mean, it just feels like cutscenes for a video game. And as soon as I saw Ubol pop up as the director, I was like hasn't this guy done really terrible things? And I think this is the terrible one everybody gave him shit about, but then you were like, uh, don't you enjoy House of the Dead that he did? Oh, you don't understand how much I fucking love House of the Dead. That movie is (laughs) god-awful. I remember you, we watched it together, because that's the one where um, somebody gets the the lawnmower to the face, right? No, that's Dead Alive. Oh, son of a bitch. I don't need, I can't even keep shaving anymore. Um uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's fucking Ubol has just a record of making bad video game adaptations. That's his <laughs> whole thing. Nice. Um yeah because he did he did this, House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, Postal, Far Cry, In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege film. Like fuck, that's all he does. Huh. Well, son of a bitch. I I remember him get like, weren't they doing like celebrity boxing matches, and he just wanted to fight everybody because they were trashing on him. Well, it wasn't celebrity. It was him versus people who wrote bad reviews of oh. his movies, and like, <laughs> yeah, awesome. he's just he's a really <laughs> he's a terrible person. And like, the only thing up until like 2015 or whatever there was like a German tax law that like if your movie flopped, you got 50% of the budget back or something. And like, that's, he exploited that loophole and that's how he made all these films. I'll be damned. Makes sense too. Uh, So let's dive into it. Uh, It's, it's real bad. Uh, The acting's not atrocious, but the script slash story itself was just, didn't have any real direction. Um, Which, uh, isn't surprising because, like, when you read into it a little, uh, the person who wrote the script 
wrote a first draft and then found out a week later they were starting filming on it. <laughs> and she was like, no, it's just, a, it's just a first draft. We need to work this out. And Ubo was like, nope, we got it. Let's go. Oh, that is incredible. Um, yeah, it feels very much like that. Um, there's just shit that doesn't make sense. Like, they just throw in a sex scene for the hell of it. I guess you're supposed a to... A real awkward sex scene. <laughs> really awkward. And it's like, I... Wasn't she wearing the same clothes that he had brought her? Maybe her new outfit, which was just like the other one, just a slightly different color. So ridiculous. Um, these talismans, it, like it, it felt so much like video game cutaways that nothing, uh, like everything was disjointed. Um, it gave her powers that she already had. Like she didn't have to worry about the crucifixes. Uh, I think for the most part sunlight she was never in the sunlight so it never really was anything but but there was that whole point when like they they he took her to meatloaf's lair because they had to get her out of the sun yeah 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 and yeah fucking meatloaf's in this movie because why not (laughs) uh they did the typical vampire transformation from like that era um, they're very uh, Dusk Till Dawn-esque with a giant furrowed brow and ooh, some of them transformations um, are rough. Um, I also swear, like, I don't have proof, but I'm fairly certain they only had Ben Kingsley for one day. Like, <laughs> everything he does, he just, it feels like he's like, you got one day. I'm here. I'm only doing one take. That's all you're getting. Like he's rushing through all of his lines so fast. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, also, Billy Zane pops in to just die, I suppose. Um, Does he? You don't even see it happen. I reckon he died. I mean, how else would they have known to go to wherever? But it's ridiculous. Yeah, the whole movie's just a complete mess. And then I guess she reigns or she just takes over this castle of the five people she killed. (laughs) It's also really annoying because like if you get close enough up on the weapons, they're all blunt and fucking not shaped like a sword should be like all of them. Yeah. And everyone's real bad at using them. I mean, there's literally a point where like Michael Madsen's running around with a sword, but instead he's punching people with his offhand. Yep. Yep. So, uh, really avoid that movie. Uh, really avoid most of Ubol's stuff. Uh, That's a lie. Watch House of the Dead. It's brilliant. I mean, Watch House of the Dead. That is pretty fun. Um, the rest are bad. <laughs> so jumping from there to the best list with Saving Private Ryan. And now that you finally saw it, what do you think of it? That movie's really long. <laughs> of course it is. It's a Tom Hanks movie. Um, it's, I, I get it, but I don't like it. Okay. Like, I don't like war movies and this just perpetuates why I don't like war movies. Like, like I get it. It's war, war is hell. War is awful. And it's, I don't need to live in it for three hours and just watch all these people just lose everything. Yeah. Um, I guess it, it connected with me a little bit more now that I've grown up and like actually paid attention to the shit. Uh, but yeah, I hate this movie. I, I'm not a fan of it just because of the the subject matter for the most part. I'm just not a fan of war movies too. Um, and it's it's well done to the point where it just grosses me out for most of it. And it's it's a weird thing because I remembered when I saw it um, we had a uh, slumber party with like the foreign exchange students of high school like this weekend and like they all wanted to watch it and it's really weird to look back on that because it's like most of them were from the UK um, so it's really strange that they wanted to see America's take on a saving a random person in this clusterfuck of a war and like 
I just dislike this movie just because of I don't see like I understand the reason that we have wars or whatever I just don't I think humanity should be better and beyond that that we should be finding ways to get along with each other more so than just sending people out to die uselessly and like it's so fucked uh, but we get to see a ton of characters this is 20 years old at this point but um, a lot of these actors before they hit it uh, Faraday is being so tiny um, and he's not a big person by, per se but like even tinier than when he was on Lost so um, I think this is one of Vin Diesel's first um, Rubisi was great in it but like I don't know. It's really strange like now that I'm getting all these pieces like from this and um, Dunkirk and like Monuments Men and like all the shit that surrounded World War II but like told through the lens of somebody else's story that might not be completely true. Um, But yeah, this movie is just something I don't care to ever go back to. And I get it. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a well-made movie, but like, I just don't, I don't want to see it ever again. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like I don't need to deal with that. Uh, also, for the most part, <clears throat> I think it's very well made. Of course, it's Spielberg. You know, there's like when they're like trying to get sleep in the church, and you can just see the storm behind them through the windows, and that shot of them walking through the hills and the lightning striking. Like, it's beautiful to look at. But when you get into the war parts, like, it's just, and I don't even think, like, it's unwatchable because of what's happening, although that's a factor. But, like, he ramps up the shaking of the camera and there's, like, the lens flares everywhere. And it's just, it's almost unwatchable when you get to those war parts, which yeah. I'm sure is the point, but it makes me, like, not care. Like, I kind of disconnect at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not excited about these longer Tom Hanks movies. I think there's a couple more on the list, aren't there? Listen, you just need to calm down. <laughs> so, I mean, if, so had you, since you've never seen it before, was it worth the at least the first or the initial watch? Like, would you recommend it to somebody that's never seen it? I think if they like that kind of, you know, if you like history, you know, yeah. you see so many people are like, oh, I'm reading this book about World War Two, you know, like they're or watching a Ken's Byrne documentary, you know, like they're, they're fascinated by that time. And yeah, absolutely. But if you don't have a want to like del- delve into that history and what happened back then, no, absolutely don't watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So that's best and worst list for the week. Um, oh, and also, like, weirdly, also when they do the actiony stuff, like it feels like blockbuster action at times. Like, there's that part where like Hanks is shot on the bridge, and he's like pulls out his handgun. I was like, is he gonna shoot like the fucking dynamite <laughs> and blow the bridge up with a single shot? Like, it literally felt like they were doing that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, fuck crazy. So. From jumping from there to Battlestar Galactica this week, um, taking down, getting halfway through season three, and what a whirlwind this was! Like, it's so strange how different these these five episodes were from those first five, first five of season three. Um, it's crazy how how much I'm enjoying this show because of those those different differing sections of the seasons, I suppose. Um, but yeah, jumping right back into it, we uh I'm surprised we dealt with the uh contaminated diseased uh Cylons so quickly. Um when they found a couple and they were just gonna use them and to take down the Cylons forever. But like it it it's really strange how on board almost everybody was and it's it's a really strange line to draw because it's like they are almost human, 
except for the fact that they were made. But aren't these 12 Cylons the products of Cylons making them? Um, at that point, aren't they a little bit more than just machines? Um, and then Hilo has big problems with it, obviously, because it's like eradicating a, a being that exists just because they know how to. And like, I don't know. It, it, there's some really hard uh, I, I, not ideals, but um, points that they're making to like try and buy into. And it's like even the moral compass, the Dama, he's like, fuck yeah, let's, let's get rid of all these silence. Fuck them. Um, oh, that's not true. That I don't believe that at all. Adama is against it, but but he goes on the orders because the president said to do it. Yeah, he's ordered. He's like, I will only do this if you order me to. Hmm. And then when Hilo kills them and stops them, and Rosin's like, we need to find out who. And Adama's like, no, it's fine. You know, like he saved us from committing genocide. I'm not going after that person. Nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes more sense. Um. And then we get the point where they're now torturing Baltar and becoming making a really strange like love triangle between Caprica, Zena, and Baltar. Um, which, the end of it itself is just so strange. And then you get Zena uh, who's tripping on uh, committing suicide essentially. And like living for the moment between uh, downloading. Um, which is so strange. And then Baltar catches her. But then, because like the way they get into this love triangle is because Caprica in his mind is trying to save him the pain. But he's talking to her, but obviously his body is saying it as well. And she's standing right there. And he confesses that he loves Caprica, but it's also misconstrued that he loves the other one too, just because he says it when he's in his mind, but it comes out when he's in his actual self. So, um, yeah, it's it's really strange to see how those two are playing off each other, especially since Zena has like this kind of disregard for the other. Cylons that have been shown so far. Um, well, yeah, because she's like, she's just wrapped up in her own, like, I need to die and find out who the final five are and learn, you know, these godlike figures within the Cylon race. And to be honest, like, I pretty much hate all this stuff. Like, it's, it does nothing for me. Yeah. Are you talking specifically just the Cylon stuff? Pretty much anything on the Cylon based star, I'm like, this is boring and dumb, and because everything's so oblique, and they talk in circles to try and just remain mysterious, and it's just ugh. yeah, I get you. I'm I'm there with you too. Except I I assume getting further in the story, like a lot of this will like I won't care about, but like the intrigue is uh, dragging me along for right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely a point of like, I know who the final five Cylons yeah, yeah. are, and I know where this is going. And yeah, and wow. I'm sure as soon as they each one gets revealed, you're gonna get a text like, "Oh my god, I fucking this is blowing my mind," and I can't wait for the other four and like the three and two, whatever. Um, so in episode seven, we see that Adama was ordered to send Bulldog across the uh, Armistice line. And essentially, that started the conflict. Um, See, I don't believe that either. I believe the Cylons were always planning this, and they were always going to come back. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree that with it being on Adama's shoulders, um, I think Bulldog's going to play a role later down the the line. But um, for the most part... Yeah, when you find out that he's the Cylon god, you're going to be shocked. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he is a Cylon um, the way that he describes that he was let go um, and then the the evidence that 
Starbuck finds that like they kind of were just shooting around him, and then he kind of saved himself. But um, well, that's the. I mean, Ty is right. You know, they they knew he had been sent over the armistice line and shot down by the humans. You know, he literally was sent back to the fleet to learn it and take his revenge on Adama. Yeah, it makes sense. So they were just um, in there. And to be honest, like, bringing your expectations down because you never see Bulldog again. Oh, <laughs> This is how the show works. So, like, we got a guest star, we got a story, and we're going to forget about that forever now. Right on. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, the same, to speak to what you were saying is, like, um, Adama struggling with this whole issue that arose from them crossing that armistice line. And then uh, Rosalind, like, listen, war was going to happen regardless. Uh, it's just, it happened sooner than expected, I, I'm guessing. And they weren't as um, fortified as maybe they could have been to just wipe us out in one fails swipe. But I mean, they did get the majority for the most part. Um, had they waited another week, uh, Galactica probably would have been in ruins and they wouldn't have had any any way to save themselves. So, um, yeah, him, him struggling with all that. Uh, we getting Ty back as the XO. Um, when he, <laughs> the whole dance around, um, them shooting Bulldog down, um, was great to bring Ty back into his leadership role. Um, yeah, I mean, we see him and he's in the bottom of a bottle again and trying to figure out who he is, whatever. Um, but then you get the boxing fight club uh, episode, which it's like, oh, this is just going to be a uh, fun little romp that we don't have to deal with anything. Like we're just going to be kicking the shit out of each other and kind of progressing the story and it's like nope we're gonna deal with a lot of shit and (laughs) this is how starbuck and apollo left things between them like tried finding their way back to each other again but then starbuck got cold feet and kind of destroyed any chance of any of that happening and but them fighting in the ring and de-witnessing it as well as anders like they realize that there's more between these two and it's like they're basically just on the sidelines waiting for them to reconnect which sucks for them um and i know you hate those two being together but i think it's thematically all right for the show um that's right the only <laughs> thing that thematically works is in this episode where you yeah. see that these people can't be together what they can do is beat each other and leave each other. that's the closest they can come to the closeness that they're wanting yeah that's that's a perfect analogy um also we get to see adama get the shit kicked out of him he calls out chief and i feel like it's going to be where adama just fucking beats the shit out of him but no he gets his clock cleaned and i think he knew that was going to happen but um oh yeah he, he also, absolutely did he this also is... wanted to point out that um they need this for themselves but to not it's not a spectator esque thing it's they all need this to to move on from what they have going on and i think uh them being close as a family works well until they start favoring each other because they're getting too close and like to speak to that. And then chief takes off and goes, gets back to work because they're, <laughs> they're in the final throes of the humanity. So they have to keep moving forward. I mean, they can't, they can't get as lax as they have been getting. So, sure. um, but I mean, and the whole point is it is literally a Dama punishing himself. Or- yeah he views as a failure, you know, he should have never broken up the fleet and let them go down there. He views that as his mistake. And this is his penance. He's going to get the shit kicked out of him in the ring in front of everybody to try and, 
you know, likes to punish himself physically the way he has mentally for what he caused to happen. And I think it's it's probably it's probably one of my favorite episodes so far in season three. Oh no, um, it's great. Uh, yeah, this is literally like last week when I was like, you're like, we got the next five. I was like, I think the boxing episode's in there. Because that's really the only thing that kind of sticks out from the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, one of like, it's a well-loved episode or a well-hated. There's kind of no in-between on it. Um, but uh, I always remember it because on the box set of season three, like there's the extended director's cut of this episode like 90 minutes long. Oh, shit. Now I'm going to search that out because that sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, really great. And then we move into uh, they're running out of rations or food to eat for the most part. And they're, they find a way, a planet with sustainable food source, which is this algae, whatever. Um, and then it's kind of them working their way through jumps to get there through all this radiation cloud. Um, so they can survive um and cat ends up sacrificing herself to save this last ship um the really touching moment at the end of that where he promotes her to keg just because she did make the ultimate sacrifice and saved people but at the cost of her own life um you see some behind the scenes stuff of like how she became a pilot and she kind of swapped lives with somebody else to get away from this bad life. She was uh, enthralled in, but at the end of the day, then we find this new planet and then it happens that there's a temple that the 13th tribe left behind that points away to earth and both Cylons and humans are trying to figure it out. And, um, they're going to fight or I'm guessing that's the next episode with how fast this show moves. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's strange to see the chief looking at o- over the temple because we get a little backstory that his father was a priest and spoke of this place. Um, and I think he's going to be the one that unlocks whatever it needs to be unlocked there for whatever, um, since he did find it. Uh, in a really strange, unclimatic way. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, the whole, like, I don't know, I just felt I had to walk over here. You know, there's a lot of these, like, cosmic coincidences, things that happen in BSG. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm loving it uh, still. So, I love certain parts. These kind of episodes are kind of like, ugh. Like, I like the boxing episode, and I could pretty much throw away that cat episode completely um but like i love the stuff with like in the last episode with baltar like i think it's so good like you know when he's the one who comes over the intercom to talk to him and then roslyn just wants to fucking kill him you know just and then the cylons are like give us the temple and we'll give you baltar that's what you want (laughs) right being this hated piece on both sides you know yeah so it's interesting. Uh, also, there's shifty moves that the Cylons are making where they implant the one raider as they jump in uh, because they knew that it'd be a stand-up situation. So, uh, I think they have... Just like, whatever. I'm going to nuke it all so you can't have it. Yeah, it ends with the, the nukes being primed and being targeting uh, the planet, right? So, yeah, we'll pick it up there for next week. Um, and you get that, you get all that horseshit of like Lee and Care are having an affair now. And, oh, it's so good, but she she won't get divorced. It's just so <laughs> awful. Yeah, I really enjoy Starbuck as a character, except when they it really feels forced this religious side of her, um, because she I almost, wouldn't, she almost I mean, lives a very loose lifestyle. You know, like, She's praying over Leoben, and you know it's just, her faith has always been there. Yeah, I suppose it, it just kind of seems out of place with considering how she acts most of the time, and like kind of 
it's it's one thing to be religious and live like that, but she is still very much having an affair with on her husband and like to be able to sort that stuff out just because uh, on a feeling I suppose, but like um I think but she, the I, one good thing that I do like that comes out of that though is when like Lee's trying to puff his chest to Anders and he's just like why do you think you're special? Do you think she's the fir- you're the first guy that she slept with behind my back? No, I'm her husband. You're nothing. I was like, yeah, yeah eat that Apollo, fat piece of shit. <laughs> you fucking back off from Apollo. He's still great. Uh, and I agree. And this is a piece of shit. So you have that. <laughs> so that's it for BSG. Unless you have any more. Nope. Good. Uh, so let's talk about how much you enjoyed the unicorn storm because I know you already know I loved it. Of course you did because you're a big dumb dumb. You're a big dumb dumb. Cut that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you feel about it? It's dumb. You're dumb. You need to. <laughs> you need to pack it in. This is a great little, great little movie and fun little time. Okay. Can we move on now? <laughs> so essentially, uh it's a Netflix movie. Uh it made its rounds. Uh Toronto Toronto Film Festival um was bought by Netflix. Uh it's Brie Larson's directing debut, at least uh feature. Uh she's done a couple shorts, but uh, brings her Sam Jackson. Uh, I really enjoy the chemistry that her and the Virgil have um, as he builds her uh, stand for her, and then the moment they share when he puts the stable together. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really touching. And obviously, being a creative person and like living off of my art, essentially. Um, this movie just kind of really spoke to me in a really simplistic general kind of way. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think if you're a creative type, you'll get some really good sense out of this movie. Um, that's horseshit. I'm a creative type and I got nothing out of it. Well, Do you know how? Like, that's because you have a closed heart. Not true. I think I'm just a fucking functioning adult is all. Like, <laughs> Do you understand, like, when she came in to, like, do her proposal, I, I stopped it and walked away. I was like, <laughs> one, this is so disgustingly uncomfortable. And I was like, I feel so embarrassed for her. Like, what is she doing? Grow up. This is a fucking real-world situation where you're trying to sell a product, and what did you do? You threw fucking glitters on it and made it into a backpack, and you're like, why don't you like my idea? I'm so... I'm so creative. It's, fuck you. You're ruining everything. Grow up. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm actually with you on that point. Um, I was really... There was a point where she went way too far with it. I think if it would have been just this uh, idea where it's like the vacuums vacuuming up all this uh, glitter and dust, whatever. Like, the original image that like kind of tripped this whole thing. but I think it was also to show that she doesn't belong in this world and like she needs to follow her own path and like that's obviously very much more obscure than anything she's trying to compensate with like getting her parents approval and shit like that so Which is, like and it's weird because like you can be a creative artistic type and go in and do work like that you know yeah. you can do but, like, this movie just plays it as, like, no, you can't. If you really want to be this, you got to follow your dreams, and we'll give you a unicorn. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I also don't like that, like, I felt like she was playing that character like she was 15 years old. Like, I didn't feel that was a real person. Uh, I, I know people that are like that. So, it, I mean, it felt very genuine to me. Um. To speak to what you were just saying, uh, it almost works better if you do have a nine to five. That's not what you're trying to achieve outside of work, because um, I know I know creatives that have a creative job nine to five and it kind of just burns them out because they're trying to 
essentially burn the wick at both sides. So I think it, it's a it's a testament to just trying to figure out anybody's path in life. Um, it it is very ludicrous in ways that I enjoyed. Um, the whole unicorn, like when uh, Virgil puts together the stable of her artwork, and I was like, "Oh, that's a really cute way of like they went around." Like obviously, unicorns don't exist and whatever, uh, but having a place to like this is what she's created over her lifetime, and like it really means something to people, and like that should be celebrated. And then, oh yeah we do have a unicorn for you. And like, you just had to believe blah, blah, blah. Um, it got a little, it got a little ludicrous, but at the same time, it's like, I just enjoy that aspect of the movie was explored. So, um, yeah, I think it's fun, fun little watch. Uh, I think it's a great, great, well-directed first outing. I mean, not on the level of the few that we've seen this last couple of years that we were talking about with the uh, top ten of last year, um, but yeah, I think it was it was worthwhile and worth your time. I think, I think it's a big old butt. But <laughs> the the only thing was like, there's literally a part where like she comes up to Virgil and she's like, "I need you to do this, this, and that, and do this," and he's like, "Why would you?" think I know how to do that or want to. And she's like, well, you work in a hardware store. And I was like, that's so real. It hurts because I deal with that every day. <laughs> See, this movie's connecting us in more ways than you think it is. Mm-mm. And that's bullshit that you stop movies now. I remember you being the person that could never walk away from a movie, but you could just stop him in the middle of it. That's bullshit. <laughs> what? I, like, I paused it and like, oh, okay. like just I didn't mean like I stopped it. I mean like I literally like I paused and I was like, I need a cigarette. She's climbing on the desk. She's like crawling on a desk and like dreams, dreams. I was like, I can't do this. I need this. It's too horrible. Uh I I think this would be a great just fucking having fun watching Netflix. This is way better than uh some of the Netflix movies that have come out lately, like Triple Frontier and a couple of the other horseshit ones. Like watch Triple Frontier again before this. <laughs> You're ridiculous. So uh check that out on Netflix. Or check actually check out High Flying Bird if you haven't yet. Because that movie was great. Yes. Um so we'll give you that nod. Um so let's jump into Pet Cemetery then. And did you enjoy it? I don't know. (laughs) Um, What's interesting about that answer is because you just read the book, right? I read it a couple months ago. Yeah, I'm working through all of Stephen King's works. So, yeah. Uh, But you've seen the original too, right? Yes, of course. Fucking Herman Munster getting his fucking ankles cut out by fucking Miko Hughes. So I went into this movie completely blind. Uh, Maybe saw five, ten seconds trailer. Like I knew he was gonna get his ankle or his uh, Achilles cut, which sucks. I hate it when movies do that. I mean, I understand why they do it because it's just fucking gross. But um, yeah, I hate this movie. I don't think it works well. (laughs) Um, that being said, I have no reference for any of the things, uh, the couple fake outs, um, clear, clear this up though. Um, in the original pet cemetery, doesn't the boy die? Yes, it is the boy, which is why this probably could have worked as a twist for those of us who know pet cemetery, except for the fact they gave it away in the trailers. That it was the girl. See, I thought that was too. Um, so when I see, because I remember the end of the original Pet Cemetery. Uh, the little boy is like ha- has a knife and like asks the daddy if he wants to play. Right? Uh, he has a scalpel, but yeah, scalpel. That's right. Um, He's like, I play with mommy. Let's play, daddy. And then he like injects him with the shit he was going to put in church and kills the kid again. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just, I. <laughs> especially 
once he brings the daughter back, a lot of things just start falling to the wayside. Especially, like, this girl is imbued with incredible strength and can just drag her parents to bury them within five minutes where it takes half a night to just bury a cat for the father. Yeah, I mean, like, that falls apart. I think the idea of, like, the incredible strength and everything, it's kind of barely hinted at there, and they, they kind of hint at it in the book, but, like, it's not them that comes back. It's a demon in their body. Oh, see, that makes more sense. Uh, what didn't make sense is when they hinted at the Wendigo bullshit. Like, that was never in the original movie either, was it? That is in the book, son. Okay. Yeah, they're talking, you know, there's there's that point when, like, they're walking through and they hear that noise. And he's like, it's a loon. In the book, and this was just like, yeah, it's a loon. No, it's a fucking Wendigo. You're on <laughs> Indian land, man. See, that's that's why it felt so disjointed is because, like, they talked about the Wendigo with the book and, like, only mentioned it in passing. But, like, I think you see the silhouette of it um, when he goes to bury his daughter. Um, I don't know. I think the creepy kids aspect was played up more in the trailer and it just never made fruition. Um, also, the whole barrier thing. Like, I don't know, that kid that dies in the beginning, like, comes back to haunt them, and, like, not, I don't know, none of that shit just, like, connected, so. Listen, all I'm gonna say, it's all shit, man. <laughs> like, the fucking, the daughter has dreams of the fucking Pascal kid telling her about what's happening, and, you know, it's all there. Like, but it's this idea of, like, that happens a lot in, like, Stephen King books, uh, yeah. Where he has like this great idea, where you're like, well, that's not a book. So now we gotta throw in windows and go. Also, is the is the mom's sister shit like in the book or the first one? Yes, both of them. Okay, because I had never seen any of that stuff, and it just felt like that was thrown in to fill out this movie. No, it's there's. It's all in there for thematic reasons, you know. It's yeah. She couldn't deal with the death of her sister and how she felt culpable in that, and you know, he can't deal with the death. That they can't bring themselves to try and teach their daughter about death with the cat, and and then he can't deal with the death of the daughter. It's all about the idea of not being able to move on and what that does to you in terms of like it makes the grief worse. You know, you have yeah. to move on. Death is natural. Also, the creepy uh, Martha fake out at the like when he cuts gets his uh, fucking Achilles cut. It's like you see this lady for the first time, and like it was kind of hinted that something had happened before, but like and then you see her as like oh, I'm burning here in hell, and you're coming with us. But like then they just torch his house. I don't think they brought it back. <laughs> no. Yeah. In this one, that's different. Uh, than, but, you know, they they leave this hint, you know, they're like, something happened to his wife and she died. And and, that, and then at that point, it's just like, I know what you did to me. And, like, it makes it seem like, you know, his wife died and he put her up there and saw what happened. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't uh, know. And that's the problem I have with this, excuse me, is I don't feel there's a connection between... Lithgow's character in the family like yeah. in the book you know he like him and the dad are best friends like they drink every night he's who welcomes in this one is just kind of like well I found your daughter in a cemetery and now we're gonna dance around and hang out and now we're best <laughs> friends like just, everything moves so fast yeah so oh this, it's uh, were you and also I, I, you were alright with Pet Sem- this new one because you'd the uh, experience from the other ones, right? It's fine. Like, I just, I don't think, I think there's stuff that works in it, and I think there's stuff that doesn't. What's really funny is I am super not on board with horror because of us. Uh, This was kind of a lame treading, but it only proves that I'm so not ready for any of the other horror movies that's coming this year. At all. There's some good ones, I'm great. I know there are, but I'm just not. I have so much anxiety about all of it, and it's like You're such a child. Listen, I understand it's gonna 
take me getting through the stuff to grow and become better at judging all this stuff. But I, I, as a person that stands right now, I don't like it because it make it makes me uneasy and shit like that. So especially the paranormal side stuff that kind of are hinted at in these movies. So maybe it is what it is. Most paranormal thing in this movie is <laughs> what's that? The fact that that daughter is able to be resurrected because that would be a closed fucking casket if she got nailed with that fucking tanker. <laughs> also, I couldn't get out of my head uh, when he's giving her a bath when she when he brings her back or like finds her in the house, whatever. And all I remember is the scene from American Gods where dead wife is getting a bath and like her skin like starts getting all loose and shit. I was like, that bitch has so much formaldehyde in there, whatever, embalming fluid. <laughs> like, that's not a person anymore. So it's like, it's, there's a real shit that doesn't work. Um, so, I don't know. It was weird. So, uh, Jumping yeah. from there, I guess we can finally talk about how bad Shazam was. Yeah, well, fucking murder your face. You're so dumb. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Shazam's fucking great. Uh, I can't believe you held out for two weeks without talking about any of it. Like, there's so much that works so well about Shazam. Yeah, and even when there's stuff that doesn't, I just completely forgive it because the rest of the stuff works. This is a, a very realistic take on the whole... Uh, it can happen because comics kind of uh, ideology. Um, <laughs> the, this is probably the first comic big hero movie that made me want to go and read the source material because I had so much fun with the movie that I can only... Oh, well, that's, I think that's a false bad move because like I've read enough Shazam. I'd be like, I can't even tell you what to read. None of that shit's good. <laughs> it's fair. Um, I think the family at the end uh, was pretty cool reveal. Um, that Which had- is cool because like, I was... <sighs> Obviously, if you know Shazam, you know there's the whole Marvel family and you know all those people get it. But one, I didn't whoa, think they'd actually wait. do it. In this movie. Hold on. So, oh, so... Fucking, that's been so confusing this weekend is everybody talking about the Marvel family. And like, I'm like, what is, what, what does Marvel have to do with this DC property? And I understand now that they're talking about obviously Captain Marvel was his name before Shazam. Um, so they're these, him and his brothers and sisters are considered the Marvel family. Yes. And like, you know, it, it's Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. And that's who these people are. They were known as the Marvel family. Huh. Well, that's fucking confusing as motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yes, like, they were originally printed under Fawcett Comics, I believe. Okay. And then DC picked them up. But then Captain Marvel was over on Marvel and DC hadn't done like a copyright claim or Fawcett hadn't or anything. So they're like, we claim that name. And they're like, shit, well, I guess it's Shazam now. Huh. Well, son of a bitch. Um, yeah, that makes more. Hmm. No, it's still very confusing, but I understand how that all works. Um, it's the same with like uh, fucking like Mr. Miracle was known as like Marvel something either too. There's like so many people that's just like, Fucking get a new name, people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's fair. And now I understand why everybody's been fighting about the whole name for the last two, three months. Um, yeah. Talk some more about how much you love or what you enjoyed about this movie. Um, I think it's super funny. That's always a good thing. Uh, it's getting. With each progressive movie, we get further and further away from fucking Snyder's version of this dark, gritty DC universe. So that always makes me happy. Like mm. these movies, 
DC, outside of a few corners of everything, should just be bright and colorful and fun and goofy. Like that's mostly what DC comics are, or yeah. at least a lot of them. Uh, so that's always good. Um, I liked the the central tenets of the movie that you know it's it doesn't matter how strong you are it's it's the people that love you and surround yourself with you that give you your real strength and that's where your real power lies and i love the diverse cast you know we have you know Asians not only that and- but i think the the family unit as a whole was so great and how they portrayed this this foster family that took all these kids in and like Yes, it's even, great, and it's even so when inclusive. the kid runs away, and like the, you see the parents talking about, like, yeah, we used to be the same way when we were young, so let's like cut them all the slack that we had when we were kids. So, uh, yeah, I think they did a really great job with that whole unit. Um, and yeah, sorry, I cut you off. You keep going. <laughs> it's good, man. Uh, no, I think. If I have any problem with it, and like I said, I do, and I think the good ways it is, like, I don't feel that Billy when he's a kid and Billy when he's Shazam are the same person. Like, yeah. it feels like two different performances. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, obviously, the whole poten- his greatest potential being Shazam, um, it. It'd be interesting to follow a movie series of him growing up and like seeing if he like leans heavier towards that side, obviously learning. Uh, but yeah, there's there's some really fucking hilarious parts. Uh, obviously, the uh, strip joint sections, um, <laughs> the obvious like the big scenes um, where he's like this. A kid in an adult's body that can get away with all this stuff. Obviously, the uh, drinking beer for the first time, and obviously understanding that it doesn't taste as well as everybody portrays it to taste. Um, but yeah, just the fun they had uh, learning out all these uh, powers and whatnot. Um, and then the showdown. I thought the showdown was great, and like them coming to understand how he had his power and what they would have to do to kind of get away from that. Um, so they could, so they could kind of ball him up and like chain him in or whatever. But yeah, that was really well done. Um, yeah. What, what negative things do you have to say about, I, I can't think of really anything that I didn't appreciate about this movie. Well, again, one, I do think, I don't think the fucking kid and Zach Levi are playing the same character. And I think that's a problem. You know, Shazam should be Billy, but, you know, it's not a separate entity. It's just him giving these things. Yeah. Um, But, you know, every time he's Shazam, he's like, it's big, goofy, fun, and we're doing this and it's great. And then when he's a kid, he's all like mopey and I need to find my mom and I hate everything. Ah, I, I see what you mean with that. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't really feel that it's, I don't know. I, it, it, but it's fine enough that it's, I can deal with it because they're both play the respective parts well enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, <sighs> It, I don't know. I think it's probably too, a little too intense at times for the demographic that they're shooting for. Like this should be a fun, cheesy kids movie that we get into. But then there's like a murder rampage by the seven deadly sins in a boardroom at one point. Yeah, and also it's pretty intense how uh, the bad guy finds him and just starts beating the shit out of him, like this kid that doesn't know his limitations yet is just getting fucking thrown through this whole mall area um, and has really a, no way out except to the sneaky way that he gets away is pretty ingenious but um, the super is very intense and then like maybe the biggest quibble you couldn't have got fucking Henry Cavill for one fucking day you gotta cut out <laughs> Superman's face Oh, God. That's the funniest part to me. Um, 
his quote-unquote cameo. Um, because I think he's still in limbo, isn't he? Like, he doesn't know if he's going to return for... Yeah, because it seems like everyone's like, he's done. He's all like, no, I'm still here on Instagram posting weird photos of me holding Superman toys. <laughs> it's just like, no idea what's going on. But, like, Ezra's out, right? Uh, no, he's writing the Flash movie at the moment. I thought uh, they... He didn't get... Or, like, he just couldn't make it work, so he just dropped it the other day. <laughs> if it did, I didn't see it. But that the whole thing was, like, he was writing the script... Like that was like two weeks ago. But I mean, Batfleck's really definitely done. Um, yeah. I enjoy these singular singular stories that they're telling, and I don't need them to be part of the universe. Um, the credit scenes where it shows them with all the the different DC heroes. I don't know. It, it was fun enough, but I just don't want them to bring them together. Like if we're having fun with these movies. I think they're on the right track. I think it's fine doing these smaller movies that exist in the same world, but you don't need yeah. to interconnect them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, if the heroes were there, I don't think this this one dude would have been a problem. I think if that would have been national news, like, they would have been there in a heartbeat. And, like, I don't know. But, yeah, I love Shazam. Uh, it's really funny because... Uh, I think Gail Simone uh, did a huge, long Twitter thread and, like, about how much she loved this movie. And, like, Zachary Lee was like, oh, I love you too. And, like, they're they're both buddy-buddy right now. Like, it's so cute on Twitter. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly suggest it because it's pretty funny. Um, But, yeah, get out and see Shazam. It's worth worth, uh, checking out for sure. It's it's this one of these – it's a thing they don't do often, which is it's like a mid-budget superhero movie. Like I think they only had like a ninety million dollar budget for this, you know, which is still insane. But considering you know like something like Aquaman or Avengers, you're talking like two hundred fifty million. You know, like yeah, they're able crazy. to do these because things, I mean, this, so they're not as you know this, this movie doesn't need to make a billion dollars to make its money back. Yeah, I mean, this felt like just as just along those same lines as the budget. So, it's weird hearing that yeah. it, it was it was cut short of that. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, and then let's see. I think yesterday they announced the writer is in fact writing the sequel. So we're getting a sequel. Hell and, yeah! And it seems like after this made money, they're full steam ahead with the Rock Black Adam movie. So, like, I'm excited for this little Shazam universe. Yeah, he showed up as a caterpillar, right? No, that caterpillar is Mr. Mind, son. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I Mr. saw Mind. somebody mentioning it uh, about the after-credits scene, so. Yeah, no, Mr. Mind is a goddamn space worm from Venus who wants to conquer the world. Oh, that's fantastic. See, it's this little context that I get from you. Because all I saw <laughs> was a caterpillar in the in the cage when he was seven, and then when he comes back, I thought he had busted out, but um yeah and then uh no there's that point when uh the wizard you know he's talking about how like he gave you know they gave their power to someone who wasn't pure of heart and he unleashed the seven deadly sins and ruined them all and whatever that's black adam that's no way oh my god i'm so excited now hell yeah bring on shazam too that's awesome fantastic yeah so go see shazam for sure um, I don't know. Avoid the rest except Battlestar Galactica because that's kicks ass. <laughs> um, so what are we watching for next week? Obviously, Battlestar uh, Galactica. Yes, but with a twist. Oh. Um, there is a lot that goes on in the last arc of this season, so I want to finish up the current arc before we go into that. Cause I feel we won't spend time talking about the end of this okay. arc. So we're watching six episodes instead of five. Okay. Fine. Um, yeah. And then, uh, theatrically we have Hellboy. And, uh, that other one, the fucking stop animation guy, the Sasquatch. Oh, you want to see missing link? Hell yeah. I'll see it. Yeah. 
Listen, it's so hard to judge you when it comes to animation or stop animation or anything like that. So, like, I'll let you lead the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so let, let's see those theatrically. Uh, we got best and worst next week. We have worst, but no best. Aww. Which is good, because I was really excited for the worst, but not excited for the best. Okay. And... So I haven't figured out a replacement. Maybe we'll find a replacement. We'll go back like we did for Once Upon a Time in the West. But okay. I'll have to dig into it. But uh, it was going to be Spirited Away. But apparently none of Miyazaki's movies are streaming. So Really? That's interesting. And that's cool because I was like, I don't want to watch anime. <laughs> but Miyazaki's supposed to be one of those top tier ones that maybe you would enjoy. Maybe, but I won't know because none of his stuff's available. So, interesting. So we'll find something to replace that with. But what's the worst then? Motherfucking troll two, son. God damn it! I'm so not looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. What? Is that Goblin Town? Yeah, fucking goddamn it! Fuck, it's Goblin backwards. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if the best worst movie is still on Netflix. Who cares? Because it doesn't matter. Fuck all these people. You're like, yeah, we knew we were making a bad movie, but now we're beloved. No, just fucking watch that piece of shit. It's so bad. Son of a bitch. So uh, we'll be watching all that stuff, and we'll tell you all about it next week. So uh, if you want to keep up with us, I'm sure we'll announce what we're doing for the uh, swapping out the best one uh, for next week. So. Watch all that stuff, and we will meet you back here next week. Same time, same trouble, all that good stuff.